0: And it's been a wonderful experience to be with your grandchildren. <clears throat> I've uh, I had uh, Owen and Noah and Angelina. Angelina is a little little girl, and uh, and of course to be with Sandy and Tom. Uh, these are five from my family. They live up there in the north part of New York, close to Albany. And so good morning to you this is the beginning of two thousand twenty two this is the twenty seventh of 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 december and this whole week we're going to be in the office preparing for uh, the things the lord has for us in peru we're leaving on the 14th so those of you that uh, are going to travel with us watch out for information uh, from uh from my office. I want to share with you on on Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. One day, I heard uh, a message from Brazil, a telephone call, that my father had uh, a stroke or, or something happened to his mind and he was deadly ill in the hospital, and so I took uh, Eastern Airlines in those days to Rio de Janeiro, and uh, and as I suffered the pain of agony of possibly losing my father, uh, I began to cry. I couldn't hold tears, and uh, and of course they put me in first class to quite quiet me down and put cotton in my mouth. And suddenly through that, I heard a voice that said to me, Thou, the Lord, is my shepherd. I shall not want. In other words, the shepherd provides all that you need. But sometimes you, you, you just want something else. I wonder how is the feeling of uh, driving a Mercedes-Benz worth uh, $100,000. I think I'll just never be able to park it anywhere. <laughs> my first problem. Second, if I go to Atlanta, I have to find two parking spaces because I don't want anybody to put a dent on it. And be, besides becoming a blessing to me, it becomes a pain. And so uh, Bob Oriorn gave me a used car. And so when I go to Atlanta, I just park in the tightest place you can park. Y'all can dent me all you want to. There's no problem. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I don't care. It's not necessary to be bothered and worried about anything. And so I want you to think this sound in an applicative way. Just as you and your life and who you are in the beginning of 2022 and it says, the Lord is my shepherd. Meaning, if he is the shepherd. Now this is Jesus really saying, I'm the sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want anything. It's a wonderful thing not to want. You know, uh, I've told a lot of people that I don't invest, I don't have money in investment. I've never done any investment. Uh, well, I really do. $248 from from the Methodist church out of 45 years of service. But that just uh, wasn't me. Somebody put this money there. And what I'm saying to you is the Lord is my shepherd. Now you can think of business and prosperity in business, but the Lord being your shepherd, it simply means He will take care of all the needs of the sheep. Only one voice sung this psalm. In perfect tune was the voice of Jesus. And so this psalm doesn't talk about sin. It doesn't talk about what the Lord does, what the Lord has, who He is. It's just a picture of the nature of a good shepherd. Jesus is looking to the Father. And, and in that sense, the shepherd is the provider, the sufficiency. You don't have to worry about nothing. Amen? Uh, He also is presented as the great shepherd of His people. Go into Hebrews uh, chapter 13, uh, verse 20. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd, The sheep. The one who died, the one who was raised from the dead, and it says the reason why he did it is through the blood of everlasting covenant, meaning prophetically stated. Isaiah prophesied, and the Lord was born in Bethlehem. And so, the Lord is my shepherd. I'm not going to want anything, I'm not worried about uh, uh, what to do. You know, in, in the office we have lunch every day, and uh, I pay for it if I can out of my accounts, whatever account has any money in it, we pay, and we just uh, just uh, take from Peter to pay Paul. The only money we don't mess with is mission money, but if it is something there about a book sold, we buy lunch, and it's a wonderful experience because at 12 o'clock we have to decide what is going to be lunch. But we don't think of it until 12 o'clock. And so, you know, we we I need to make a list over there. But I, I decided to sort of uh, let the Lord lead. You know, Kroger has a piece of chicken. And Chipotle has Chipotle. And another place has uh, this and that. But there's no want. There's no want. There's no hurry. Hurry means for four hours, from 8 to 12, what are we going to have for lunch? What are we going to have for lunch? What are we going to have for lunch? And it's not that way. That's the sense of the Lord being your shepherd. That He will watch over you, even though you are not bothered, worried. He has a plan for your company. He has a plan for your accounts. He has a plan for the bills you have to pay. And He will provide. Amen. Yesterday I came out of the airport at about 5, 6 o'clock at night. And I'm thinking of what to to get. And so my brother, uh, Blake, took me to a place called Trader Joe's. And I bought a little plate with chicken and rice and a little vegetables. And I put it into the refrigerator. And when I opened the refrigerator, way in the back, behind a bunch of bottles of uh, 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 whatever that is, orange juice. There's something flat on the back. And I said, Oh, thank you, Jesus. I got something. And I, and I see the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want lunch. I shall not want a better car. I shall not want nothing. I am peaceful, blessed of the Lord. This is the sense. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Now, one of the things the sheep needs... Is, is grass. If you, if, you, if you have sheep, and people say, Rick, why does sheep cannot get along with cows? It's because when the sheep eats the grass, he takes the root of it. And uh, and the cow only takes the surface at the top and, and pull it out. He doesn't take the root. But he makes me lie down in green pastures. To where there's plenty of food. If I'm a sheep, all I want to know is just lunch, 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 lunch everywhere. I'm surrounded by lunch. Oh my God. That's, that's the vision. He makes me lie down. Now lying down simply means rest. Take it easy. Don't get in a hurry. Don't be bothered. I know many of you are in decision making right now as to what to do in 2022. Decisions in the finances, decisions about people that you employ, decisions about uh, uh, your car that needs to be repaired, or you need a new one or a used one, uh, school, how you're going to do your classes, how you're going to handle all of the difficulties of where you work, the interaction between you and the company, the company and the people in the company with you, and, and all of that. And the Lord says to you, He makes me, Jesus as the sheep, the great shepherd, makes me lie down in green pastures. Not barren pastures, but green pastures. Meaning you don't have to be wanting all the time. Lie down. Take it easy. Amen? He leads me beside still waters. Now, the church doesn't save, the company doesn't save, the religion doesn't save. Only Jesus saves. Only the Lord is able to lay you down and lead you beside still waters. Because you see, green pastures is food, but you've got to have water. Meaning, the sustainance of God's provision is complete. If a sheep eats grass, a sheep is going to drink water. It, it's, it comes along with it. So what he's saying is the Lord has an ability as you rest on Him to provide for you all your personal needs. Don't be bothered. Don't be worried. You're going to be sort of a you know, sweat a while. you will be difficult. You'll be, you'll be bothered because you go over there and cut the money. You see, I have this, I have that, I have that, I have that. And uh, I want to tell you, Today is the 27th. We got to pay the bill, the budget for the last week, which was the 25th. Sunday is the 26th, I think. So the 25th, the 24th uh, is is it was Friday last week, and we didn't pay the budget. But today we were supposed to pay the budget, and I have a bunch of checks inside of my uh, little pouch that I carry, and uh, <laughs> uh, and I, and I and at one o'clock today I have to pay budget, and I tell you I've, I'm I'm laying down on green grass and I've got some water passing by, and the Lord is saying, hey, "Let me take care. I I am the great shepherd, and if you are my sheep, I'm going to take care of you." That's the vision. That's the idea. Okay, because. It helps you to know that he's in charge of the situation. If there's, if there's rice and beans and meat, that's going to be a cup of water. And he'll provide both of them. Now, then verse 3. He restores my soul. What do you mean? Well, the soul is the part, the spiritual part of you that when you die goes to eternity. Your body goes to dust. Your soul goes to heaven. Your soul is your identity, who you are. Who you know. For 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 example, uh, I'm Rick. I comb I comb my hair this way, you know, down there. Spray down here. Ta ta ta. And uh, and uh, and I have this uh, interesting face. I have large forehead, and I've got big nose. And uh, that's Rick. That's the way it is, brother. There's nothing, (laughs) there's nothing I can change about that. Okay? And, uh, but I have a soul that is inside of me. In my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul, with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. You see. My soul. Sings. My soul rejoices. It is the spiritual part of me. Who God is working toward eternity. And uh, and it's going to happen. When I die my soul goes. Into eternity. In a matter of seconds. I'm, I'm with the Father. And so it says. He restores my soul. Now. What do you mean the word restore? Restore means. If the soul is in trouble, if the soul is in pain, if the soul is arguing, if the soul is sick, if the soul is bleeding, He restores it. question here is, how does God restore your soul? Thought about that? It says, He leads me in the paths of righteousness. Now, the only way you can understand that is to look at sheep. Because sheep gets into crevices and he can't get out. And the shepherd climbed the hill, find the rocks, and over there, lining down with the foot, one of the paws caught up into a a, a rock, is your sheep. "Eh, It hurts so bad, please. I'm bad hurt. And the shepherd goes and he takes it, and he pushes the rock away, and he brings it in. But if the sheep does that a lot... Keeps on getting into trouble. The shepherd takes a staff, takes the paw back the paw of the of the sheep and BAM! breaks it, and then sets it back and mend it carefully and put that sheep on his shoulder and stays with that sheep all the time of recovery. Well that is the picture of chastising of how the lord corrects you how the lord does that to you Go to hebrews chapter 12 uh it's a, it's a uh verse 5 12 verse 5 uh, it says this and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks unto you as unto children is the idea here to show that the afflictions of a Christian are designed in part by the Lord. You have forgotten the exhortation which speaks unto you as unto children. You've forgotten it. The Lord designs the affliction. And it produces very powerful effects because uh, when you do something wrong, the Lord begins to correct you. In the way that you can receive it, it's not the same correction for, sin for another for the same person and for everybody. It's totally different. And so he's saying that the affliction the Lord puts upon you to change your path because see you you just got got in the rock so many times you you you're getting the shepherd. So he broke your little leg there and he set your little leg and he now has you on his neck close to your his heart to watch over you, to take care of you. And so, my son, uh, and this is Paul, my son, despise not you the chastening of the Lord. The way God corrects you, do not despise it. Don't, Don't run away from it. It says, nor faint when you are rebuked of Him. Now the rebuking of the Lord, the affliction of the Lord, the pain of the Lord needs to be understood as coming from Him. Now if I know that what's happening to me is the hand of God, I take it much better. Because sometimes you think that Satan is the one who's doing that, when in fact Satan has nothing to do with that. The chastening of the Lord, the correction of the Lord is much accurate, much more precise. And when you run from it, what happens is, you're not going to move forward spiritually. There will be no pastures. There will be no green pastures and no, no, no. Uh, uh, how do you, how, how do you say it here? No, <laughs> no water. You know, here you go. Uh, no still water. You know what a still water means? You can see a picture right on the water. When you go over there to drink a cup. Man, that water is so clean, so good. Amen. Uh, it's amazing. I was in New York airport in LaGuardia and, <laughs> and I bought a bottle. And then I shook the bottle and, oh man, there were just little creatures in there. All of it. I mean, I threw it away right in the next motion. Lord, that will hurt me. It was just faucet water. It wasn't still water. Real clean. Okay? And so, my son, despise not the chastening of the Lord. You do something wrong, God puts you on a on a hook and lets you experience the heat of what you did wrong. And you need to say, "Thank you, Lord, for that." Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and do it again. Thank you, Lord. I take it. It hurts when God begins to correct you. Oh, it hurts. Oh, my goodness gracious, it hurts. But it's with a purpose. He only corrects, look here, let me read it. For whom the Lord loves, He's chasing it. He only corrects those who He loves. So, do you know who loves you? Do you know why He loves you? Do you know what He's trying to do to bless your life? You've got, you got to understand this. That as He corrects, He only corrects those who He loves you. Now, to be loved by the Lord, big deal. Because when, you, when the love of the Lord is the best thing a man can have, a woman can have. Okay? And scourges every son whom he receives. He refers to all who truly belong to him. He was scourge. What is the word scourge? Well, when you hit somebody with a whip and the mark is left on the body, that's scorn. Scourging, scourging. now you can have you can be scourged or you can be scorned, and to be scorned is to be rejected. God doesn't do that that that, that does not, is not of the Lord. God doesn't scorn you. He scourges it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different thing to hit you with a whip or to take away uh, your peace. Amen? And if you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is He whom the Father chastens not? You can't be a son of God. You can't be loved by the Lord if the Lord is not the Father who changes and who supplies. And so, Psalm 23, it simply says, He restores my soul. He chastens me. He helps me to overcome The situation that I'm in. And it says, And He leads me on the paths of righteousness, and not on the crevices of the mountain, where I have hooked up my foot, and I can't get out. And it's time for eat the beautiful grass, and I'm trapped there. And it took the shepherd two weeks to find me, and they finally found me. All right, I think you got it. Amen. Verse 4. Yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Oh my goodness. You see, this young man loves to hurt his brother. And the only way for this young man to stop doing that is for the shepherd to recognize or, 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 or the father or the mother recognize that there is an element of evil in that situation. And I want you to know that when you recognize that it is evil, and you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, that's what it is. In other words, it's not discussion, it's not verbage that doesn't relate too well, It's not personality deficiencies or hindrances in personality. It has to do with evil. I'm talking about some mean evil. Doing ugly things on purpose to remove the peace and hurt those who are being related. Now that is evil. you got to know the difference between evil and, and, and stubbornness. Anxiety, turmoil, feelings of not belonging. Satan has a quality of a propriety of personality that he makes that which looks real good be evil, bad, nasty, ugly. And as you recognize that, because, because the Bible says in this song, In yay, yay, other words, yay means, oh, watch it now. Though I walk through the valley of the... Sh-. Jesus did that. Oh my goodness. Imagine every time he met a priest, he had to walk to the valley of the shadow of death. Think about that. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. How can you go through the valley of the shadow of death and not fear evil? Is if you recognize it's evil. If you recognize that Jesus... Uh, at the cross said it is finished is that He is the Savior and you have to address this shadow of death with authority and power you can't just uh, be nice to it you got to say in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I come against you evil you have no right upon my life but as you allow that thought that personality that conviction that approach to bother you and you move out of your place of peace You are sitting on the shadow of death and wondering, I am hurting real bad. Look, let me read the verse for you. This is Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now there's two things. The position of the lamb as to allow the shepherd to fight for him is the first sign. The shepherd here is the one who will come in with you with the rod and, 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 and your staff. Now the rod your rod is the posture of authority. Okay? It means the shepherd is in charge and don't you mess with him. Now he has with him a staff. And one of the things about the staff and it, 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 it will it will bang the head of Satan right through the middle of his brain. As, as authority has power. Whop. You can't sit in the shadow of death and expect God to bless you. You can't sit there and just look at the whole situation as if somehow uh, it's uh it doesn't quite uh you you've got to you got you've got to you got to say it. Why you won't fear is because you are with me, shepherd. You're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, how to be comforted by the strength of the shepherd, and that's what it is. See, that, that's the peace that was in Jesus when in the Gethsemane He went to the disciples and they were all asleep. You can't tarry an hour in prayer. And he was bleeding his pores with blood. And uh, and he was obedient to God. God, your will be done, but not mine. Take this cup from me. But your will be done. See, when you are in the midst of the greatest battle of your life, and there's no way you can get out, you're trapped, you are in the shadow of death, you've got to say, God, bring your rod and bring your staff to comfort me. Help me, Lord. Fight the good fight of faith. What comfort is it is to know that the rod and the staff are constantly beating back the powers of darkness in my behalf. My shepherd, the Lord God Almighty, has a rod, the power, the sign of authority, and the staff, the sign of physical strength and power to relate to a human being in trouble and just stand put And stay firm and say, no way. The battle is here. The battle is not somewhere else. It's you and your pillow. It's you and, oh Rick, but it's bad, bad. I just bought all the Christmas present on the credit card. And on the 20th of January, it's all going to come back to me. And I'm going to have to program it to pay in six months. Well, wait a minute now. You already decided that there will be no money to pay the bill. You already decided it's going to have to be reprogrammed for six months' payments. I mean, don't, don't say that. Just believe that God will provide until the 20th of January all your needs. Amen? Are you with me? Okay. Now, verse 5. And I have just, just two, a minute or so. It says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. Type of the Holy Spirit. My cup runneth over. Abundant. You prepare me a table before me in the presence of my... In other words, I'm not going to run from my enemies. I'm going to be with them. I'm going to sit with them. And I'm hoping that God will work things out with them. I'm not going to be hiding. I'm not going to be just disappearing. I stand firm and sit in the midst of the question mark and say, I believe that God is trying to say this to me. Prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Prepare a table. I want to sit and eyeball them. Not hiding. Surely. Verse 6. Goodness and mercy shall fall on me all the days of my life. Goodness is pastures, green waters, uh, green, green grass, and, uh, and uh, beautiful uh, still waters, mercy. Us, when we foolishly leave the path of righteousness, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord, as long as the Lord is our shepherd, you can expect this all the days of your life, you're going to be blessed. I'm talking about every single day. Ten years from now, I'll be, I'll be 80, I'll be 90. I'm going to be sitting on, on that green grass. And I'll be tasting that sweet water. And the Lord will give me strength to perform that which I've been called to do. Hallelujah. Praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you promised me all of this as long as I live. Amen. Amen. See you tomorrow.